0: citizen it is a city for you podcast welcome to the new episode i am happy to share another urban story with you listen in and feel free to get back to me through instagram facebook patreon whatever you want with your comments and to share this episode with someone who you think might be inspired by it all the necessary links and a short teaser are in the description of this episode the rest you will hear right now enjoy and remember to notice how a city for you will change after you've listened to this story of a city in a day and night modes Hello. thank you so much for being here with me now recording the podcast thank you for having me can you talk a bit about yourself explain who you are to our audience, and then I'll start asking you these five questions about the city. Sure. Uh,
1: my name is Kirsten Hinder. I am originally from Canada, uh, but I moved to Sweden 20 years ago. Um, as happened would have it, I met my husband in Patagonia on a boat, of all places. Oh, wow. Uh, I know. <laughs> Uh, And we made our way back to Scandinavia and I've been here pretty much ever since. I am a lover of many things. I have a passion for contemporary art and architecture, space, light, people, uh, resilience. uh, And I'm currently working with trying to put all those puzzle pieces together Mm -hmm. uh, to create something that can have a great social impact.
0: The first question, and then in the questions you will really talk about yourself rather than anything else anyway. So, the first question is, what is a city for you?
1: A city for me is, I think, I tend to think often in terms of form, uh, and in my mind I visualize a city as something that is more organic and a, a dance than it is... A grid uh, mm-hmm. and that's sort of interesting because I come from Toronto, mm-hmm. which is a big North American city and has been based on a grid uh, mm-hmm. but um, I prefer this the way that North America or that European cities are less structured in terms of the grid mm-hmm. and leave more things to Chance. I guess that's probably because most European cities are much older Mm. than North American cities and they've been built in ways that have sort of grown organically Mm. rather than having been planned from the beginning. Mm. But um, so I would say organic and more of a dance. Um, Then I would also say uh, that cities that are undulating and have lots of highs and lows Mm -hmm. and I like because it gives you the possibility to have a great perspective over things Mm -hmm. and it keeps you open-minded sometimes you're down low sometimes you're up high sometimes you're in between Uh, Mm -hmm. but I think it's nice not to get everything at once it sort of creates more of a potential for discovering uh, things in a nice way Um, Mm -hmm. then I would say that I love Cities that are compact and not sprawling Mm -hmm. uh, because often it means that you can walk everywhere. um, And it also means that the energy is very concentrated. Mm -hmm. Um, I like nature to be at the doorway of the city and integrated within the city. But I like to feel that you're in a city center Mm -hmm. and that you can walk everywhere. And it makes it very accessible to me to be able to explore it by walking.
0: Like we discussed just now, there are more, there's more chance to meet people randomly, it's more complex. Exactly.
1: exactly, otherwise people just get in their cars and mm-hmm. in their own little bubbles yeah. and uh, and you don't have as much time and space to interact. Mm-hmm. Um, so, injections of art and nature, super important, that can be in terms of public installations, uh, buildings with green growing facades, mm-hmm. uh, not just parks but interjections of nature in maybe unexpected ways I think is super great idea um, I think that if possible you know green spaces that are feel more natural than man-made uh, so that could be uh, small forests in the city urban forestry or it could be um, very natural gardens or just Waterways. Stockholm is a great example of a city mm-hmm. with lots of water, this collection of islands, lots of good green spaces, but I think there could be even more creativity there and maybe sort of more dialogues between urban planning and, um, and uh, art installations or um, just taking inspiration from different cities around the world as well so that it feels eclectic and, and unique and not specific to a vision that maybe one city has
0: uh, Is there something, I just had a question Is there any preference in, between the permanent and temporary art pieces or something, what's happening in the city
1: I think it's nice with a mix but I think mm-hmm. that uh, temporary exhibitions reflect the mood in the city at one time, so mm-hmm. it's, it doesn't become so fixed, it becomes something that is evolving with the city mm-hmm. and speaks to what the people are maybe experiencing at a time. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's a way of sort of expressing the collective voice of the people who live in a city mm-hmm. by sort of mirroring back through culture mm-hmm. what the city is uh, all about and how people are feeling and what they long for and mm-hmm. what inspires them and that changes over time so if you have too many fixed uh, installations then you don't have that flexibility and possibility to to really um, uh, mirror mm-hmm. the people.
0: Mm-hmm. And maybe then it goes backwards that people feel that they can't change, because that is this fixed thing in the city. Mm-hmm. Like you talked about the changes in hills and low sides, yes. like low parts of the city, and yeah. I think it's really interesting how you discuss this in relation to how you can feel as well, low and high.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think it allows for more flexibility, and it also means, you know, I think cities should be diverse culturally, and it also leaves more space for more expressions from mm-hmm. different cultures, so that it doesn't become too Uh, monochromatic uh, Mm -hmm. and um, expressions coming from, you know, one perspective or a couple of perspectives. It means there's room for uh, mobilizing culture and inviting in new perspectives and uh, new aesthetics. And I think that's a good way to remind people both Mm -hmm. to be more empathetic and to reflect what's happening globally. Because I think sometimes, you know, Stockholm is a city that I think... um, it's a fantastic city but I think uh, you, you do encounter sometimes the mentality that people feel like Stockholm is the center of the universe mm-hmm. and I think uh, having traveled a lot I would say you know Stockholm is a really great city but it's good to get reminders of other parts of the world uh-huh. uh, mm-hmm. so an international perspective should not be underestimated yeah I guess just to summarize that I'd say that uh, the city somehow uh, confirmation that we exist right because it's like a multi-sensory experience and when you're in the city you get energized you get uh, inspired maybe you get overwhelmed you get challenged and all those things are indicators that we're alive and that we exist and that you know tomorrow will be another day and I think it's good to sort of keep uh, One'self in balance to have a good harmony of both urban experiences and natural experiences, because I think um, for people who never leave the city, they're missing out on you know the yin of the yang and vice versa. So I think uh, a nice harmony between the both. But for me, since I live outside of the city, uh, coming into the city is is really like my balancing those parts of myself that I don't get filled uh, when I'm living. On the island where i live so it's a great it's great to have contrast it reminds you that you're awake and alive and breathing mm-hmm.
0: oh, beautiful Thanks so much for the you're welcome the next question is what are you for the city
1: i think to touch back on um, this international perspective that i mentioned earlier i think having come from a different place and having lived in lots of different cities i think i can bring an international perspective mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm an open and curious person, so I think I can also bring uh, sort of a critical eye to urban planning, uh, which is generally positive, but I can also maybe pick up on things that could be improved, and I think we're all responsible for collectively contributing to our cities uh, in positive ways to make them uh, the best places we can to make them accessible for people and to make them um, allow people to reach their full potential because that's what it's that's what it means to be sustainable right it's not just about uh, climate issues or uh, production lines or um, large corporate profiles it's about each of us individually being sustainable and in order to do that we need to have access to different things that our city can give us, um, which doesn't limit us, uh, but rather helps us grow and blossom into sustainable individuals. So I think um, that awareness that I have, uh, which I I know many people uh, in Stockholm share, gives me, um, you know, an advantage to be able to bring that energy and awareness. I'm also raising awareness about something that I think is very important, which is uh, to make restoration spaces for people. And that's something that I'm working with uh, through my company uh, is to ensure that you know ac- access to activities is an important part of city living and urban planning, mm-hmm. but access to spaces that are inactive spaces, which allow us to pause and reflect and reboot is super important. That's a real passion of mine and I hope that I can raise consciousness of that through Artwell and and put it on people's minds because it's something that gets lost, I think, in all of the focus on activity and sports and uh, connectivity. Those are all really important, but we need to have a counterbalance as well and make sure that people have spaces to retract and reboot when they need it.
0: Now it's a bit of a different topic, but still all very much connected, at least in my head. How does artificial lighting of a night city affect you?
1: Lighting is, uh, can really be a friend or a foe. Uh, I worked for 10 years as a photographer with natural light mm-hmm. for the most part. And uh, that gave me a huge appreciation for how beautiful light can be and how destructive lighting can be and also how lighting can be very simple. There is a real less is more aspect to lighting or it can be overcomplicated. and it's a real craft. I have so much respect for people who are working with lighting. It is an Mm -hmm. art form of its own and um, I always worked with daylight and natural light because um, it was less technical and I knew what to expect. Mm -hmm. As soon as you start mixed lighting, then you have a lot of color temperature issues, which can really make something better, mm-hmm. but it can also make something worse. Mm-hmm. So um, I worked with mostly the consistency of daylight. but um, So that sensitivity is, is just my first reaction to your question um, because I really, probably more than the average person, um, get emotionally impacted by... Lighting. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, artificial lighting for me is often um, too intense, Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: the color is often off, uh, Mm -hmm. so it's often colder Mm -hmm. than makes me feel well. Mm -hmm. And I think um, there's a sense that uh, in public spaces, artificial lighting is often used to make people feel safe, Mm -hmm. but I think it can have the reverse effect because it's so shocking that it almost feels like you're walking into a place where something bad is gonna happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I think psychologically, uh, when you take out the the natural tonality and intensity of lighting Mm -hmm. and intensify it too much, Mm -hmm. it can have a reverse effect. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's generally um, how I feel in a lot of public spaces at nighttime. Mm -hmm uh but when you pass through a park or down a lane or you're in a square where the lighting has really been well thought through and it's just natural and gives you a good feeling that is more in keeping maybe with your circadian rhythm mm-hmm. then you recognize it it's like a bodily reaction for me mm-hmm. that i you know sometimes i have to stop and think why does this space make me feel good and then i'm like oh it's because the lighting is good. Mm-hmm. So um, huge respect for uh, lighting especially in public spaces and uh, I think there are a lot of great people working with that and I hope that that becomes even more and more part of mm-hmm. urban planning agendas uh, from an early stage so that uh, so that there's lots of mm-hmm. space in budgets for it and, mm-hmm. and that it's something that people are bringing in. Uh, from the beginning of projects and not just as an afterthought because I think, I suspect and think that that probably happens uh, where it yeah. becomes an afterthought and there isn't a huge budget left for it mm-hmm. and that's a shame
0: yeah. but I think it's changing and from my perspective it feels like it's growing and people are getting more and more aware that it really impacts them hmm. do you have any examples of places where you felt good with the lighting?
1: Yeah, not really I, it's uh the, the positive examples that I have would be s- situations where you're in a public space mm-hmm. uh, and it's darkness surrounding, but there's a great community feel and there's small lights that just feel like warm and friendly and eclectic. And so it might be like a rooftop experience or very localized. Mm-hmm. But in terms of larger public spaces where I've thought, oh, this lighting in this park or in this square is... Uh, is fantastic. Uh, those experiences tend to be more daytime related, where mm-hmm. it's a combination of shadow and architecture and light and sort of a, a, a dance or a, a spell between them, mm-hmm. uh, because it brings out, you know, you see the passage of time due to the shadows. Uh, moving and you Mm -hmm. seek stark contrasts which I think can be really fantastic from a visual Mm -hmm. perspective and add a lot of character to a cityscape Mm -hmm. Yeah. so in the nighttime since I live on an island in the archipelago (laughs) the the best lighting for me is when none of the neighbors have any strong lighting coming from their houses and you Mm -hmm. can just see small hints of people or a community around you, but it's really the sky Mm -hmm. that you see as your night lighting Mm -hmm. Uh, because the stars, that's something that's interesting from an urban versus um, uh, country perspective is uh, the fantastic lighting that comes from the sky gets lost in the city because, of course, the city lighting overwhelms the natural lighting coming mm-hmm. from the sky. So I think that's uh, an interesting thought. We should maybe have
0: mm-hmm.
1: places where we can block out all the city lighting and just look up at the sky, even from the city.
0: Mm-hmm. You picked up on many things that we discussed in our lecture as well. through ah. ah. even circadian rhythm and the fact that we miss dark sky. And now there are associations that try to bring darkness back into the city. Art projects as well. Ah, okay, maybe nice. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Cool. Let's move on. Yes. Now I will ask you to, to, describe, to describe your idealized day in your ideal city, city. Mm-hmm. and then we'll move on to the idealized night. So now it's just daytime when light is on. Uh, okay.
1: So my idealized daytime city experience would be won't be specific maybe about a city, but um, it would be someplace coastal because I love the wind and being close to water. Uh, it would be a city that I uh, explore by foot and preferably alone. I mm-hmm. prefer to explore cities on my own, even though I have a family. <laughs> <It's Yeah. like laughs> Very selfish, selfish, but I really prefer to to do do it alone. Um, It would be, I would stay above ground and not have Mm -hmm. to go on any underground transportation. If I couldn't walk, then it would be some kind of monorail or above-ground transportation. Mm -hmm. Um, I find that uh, if you go down into a subway system uh, or a train system that's underground, you get so disoriented and you miss all the best bits in between. Mm-hmm. So it's like going from A to Z and skipping all the letters uh-huh. of the alphabet, which I hate. Uh, so I like to stay above ground and and explore without any real preconceived ideas about what the day is going to bring. Um, very open. I would hopefully have some nice cultural experiences, which could be inside or outside and I would hopefully enjoy some good food and because I love food and that would be nice to sit outside and eat and it would be nice weather and um, yeah just a nice mix of urban experience with good injections of culture and some nice nature and a nice breezy coastal day somewhere.
0: Really nicely described. Now I feel it. Yeah. Yay. Into some breeze. (laughs) (laughs) Now you can can describe describe to me your idealized night, your ideal city. city. Can be different Mm -hmm. place,
1: different. Mm -hmm. That would also probably be coastal. Mm -hmm. It's so funny since I grew up in Toronto, which is basically landlocked. It's like there is a big lake there, Lake Ontario, but. uh, I have grown to really love the sea which is so nice I, and it's interesting because when we lived in Toronto my husband said but it's so crazy Toronto's on a big lake but you can never actually feel the water mm-hmm. so he used to cycle from where we live down to the lakeside and find a vantage point where he could actually look out and see some kind of horizon mm-hmm which you don't think about when you grow up in a city like Toronto. You just think, okay, there is a big body of water there, but you live several kilometers from that water, so you don't really experience it. Mm -hmm. Whereas in Stockholm, water is everywhere. Mm -hmm. And not only that, now I'm living by the water outside of Stockholm, so Mm I have a real appreciation uh, for the coast. Uh, So in the nighttime, I would be in company, don't need to be alone at night. I think it's nice to have like a social aspect and that could be family or friends. Um, Some good food experience, sitting outside. Um, Ideally, it would be warm weather because I feel like that's something that uh, you don't really get the heat in Stockholm as much as I would like. Mm. In Toronto, the summers for people who are living there, they would say, oh, it's horrible, it's so hot and humid, but I love to be able to sit outside in the middle of the night, in like a tank top and shorts, and not get cold. You don't ever need any layers with you. It's just hot. It's like a wall of hot heat. Mm-hmm. And so it would be very hot, which I love. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think just this, you know, sensory experience that includes everything from taste to smell to vision to hear everything. Mm-hmm just creating an immersive experience in that little microcosmic situation. So whatever it is that you really feel like this tapestry of all these senses just overwhelming you almost. And it's nice to feel there's chatter, that music somewhere, there's people somewhere, there's um, just a good vibe and and lots of different um, moods and lights and Yeah, almost like a musical experience, it would be.
0: I heard some time ago about this way of being aware of the present moment, and then it was about that now it's the moment when I can hear, see, feel at the same time, Mm -hmm. and then usually in the memory when it's gone we don't remember all of these, but what you just described, it's also this multi-sensory experience that would be very much in that moment.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I think think so. probably Probably for me, as it probably is for everyone, the different sensory experiences that I've captured in my lifetime of traveling and living in different cities, you know, there's little elements of those things that, you know, I was living in Sydney when I was quite young and and uh, so things would come from there, and then I lived in France, and there would be things that came from there, and then I lived in Bolivia, and, you know, so all of these different, um, different, there would be some New York in there, so it's a really, a personal tapestry of all of these sensory experiences that you've loved and committed to memory, and that they come back somehow and, mm-hmm. um, and uh, make you feel at home in this, maybe it's a new place, but the familiarity sort of there's a red thread somehow, I think, in the memory that you have associated with your senses to uh, bring you back to all of the places you love. And I love traveling, and I've loved living in different, and been lucky to live in different cities. So all of that is somewhere in my tapestry.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was really inspiring and interesting to hear what you mentioned, what you decided to talk about, because I feel like there is a lot more you can talk about. I can can
1: just talk and talk. talk. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful, beautiful.
0: love this. (laughs) Thank
1: you so much. You're so welcome. Thank
0: you for having me. Thank you for being with us. If you want to get in touch, just search for A City For You. Maybe you've already found it.